The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. But actually, I wasn't following my purpose as much as I could have been. Motherhood and everything in between. If we all learned to breathe in a way that was more effective and efficient, we would be in better health. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent. And I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. Being able to put your mind to the side and access ideas, inspiration and creativity without your brain saying, oh, that'll never work. Oh, you yeah. can't do that. I think that is just so powerful. Good morning. Welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. I am recording this intro about 10 minutes before the podcast goes live. Yeah, a bit behind schedule, but I... I'm really loving having the two podcasts going out in a week. It's been really exciting to get lots of content out there. And I was just wondering what you guys think. Do you prefer it or are you happy with the one a week? I've got some great guests coming up and I'm going to have a break over the summer. So I really want to get this content out to you. Okay, so today's guest is all about breath work, transformational breath work. And I love this conversation. It is with a wonderful breathwork teacher called Jess Harrod. And I was introduced to Jess by a psychologist friend of mine. And she was raving about one of the sessions that she did. So me being the curious person I am, um, booked onto one of her sessions. And wow, oh, I talk about it in the episode, but it was pretty intense but amazing and I absolutely loved it was mad we did lots of different types of breath work that I'd normally done through yoga and this was just another level so we talk about the type of breath work that she teaches and what perhaps you know about breath work and she takes it to the next level but the reason why I wanted to get Jess on this week is because she's taught me some great techniques that I'm actually going to be bringing onto my workshop, which I'm doing on the 20th of July. And this workshop is going to be for parents and caregivers to help manage their children's anxiety. And um, judging from the ticket sales, it's needed. And, and I wish that it wasn't, but I'm glad that people are empowering themselves with knowledge and new tools. And we're going to be bringing in lots of different, really simple um, breathwork techniques. And Jess has given me some of her greatest ones that I'm going to be showing you. So I really think that if you suffer from anxiety or a child or teenager or someone that you know suffers from anxiety and you feel that you want to empower yourself with new techniques, lifestyle interventions, we're going to be, um, well, I'm going to be teaching you about tapping. I'm going to be showing you really simple ways to bring in tapping, breath work, like I mentioned, which essential oils to use, you know, just really practical, simple things, yoga moves to introduce to sort of really calm things down, food to be avoiding, foods to be including, lots of different things that I do and I advise my clients to do, but just all with sort of a 360 approach of how we can um, change our lifestyle to help neutralize and reduce the anxiety. So I'm not a psychologist, as you know, but I do believe that when we bring in these new interventions and breath work, especially, it's what been one of my saviors, especially when I'm feeling very tight in my chest. That's when I know my anxiety is at an all time high, when I'm feeling 
hormonal, my anxiety is also quite high. And I notice it through the month. And this is where breath work for me is, I have to say, it's it's the one thing that I, I reach for time and time again. So I really hope you enjoy this episode because I feel that um, Jess gives us lots of practical tips. She explains the power of our breath that we all have within us. There's not one person that can't do any of these breath work techniques. Yes, some of them are a bit trickier, but they really do work. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you on Friday. Jess, thank you so much for joining me today on the Ambitious Mum podcast. This is a conversation I've wanted to have for a really long time and I know how valuable it's going to be for the listeners. I know that breath work myself has been an absolute game changer and I'm not a trained breath work coach but I use it a lot actually in my coaching with my tapping and just generally helping people with their emotional regulation. Um, I bring in sort of simple breath work techniques that I've learned. I've learned quite a few from you as well. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came into working as a breathwork coach? And and this is not exactly what you've always been doing, is it? Um, Yes, absolutely. First of all, it's great to be chatting with you. I've also been looking forward to talking to you. So lovely to be here. I used to work in marketing for a media company. And um, that was quite a stressful job, quite demanding. I've got three kids. Two of my children have ADHD. One's got ASD as well. And my husband has ADHD as well. So I got a bit overwhelmed in my life. And I don't really use the word burnout, but it probably was some form of burnout that I experienced. And it manifested in a autoimmune condition. So... Yeah, that was quite, it was quite a big wake up call for me to just look at my life and think, what am I doing? The thing that I was struggling with the most, I think, was that I, although I didn't hate my job, it was great. I quite enjoy marketing. I quite enjoy the connecting with people, sharing with people, connecting people with what they want and what they need. But actually, I wasn't following my purpose as much as I could have been. And I did some coaching. I got coached by a wonderful coach and she introduced me to Breathwork, I have to say at first, I was a bit skeptical. I just, I actually wrote it off for probably about a year. I was like, that's not for me. And I think in fairness, I did need to do some other work before I got to the place where I could really experience the benefits of that sort of mind-body connection that breathwork brings. So let's go back to the beginning of the first lockdown, um, at the beginning of the pandemic. I found myself walking around in the streets, feeling like I was quite aware of myself, but I've, I found I was holding my breath without realizing it, feeling this incredible anxiety. Obviously, a lot of people were going through that during that time. And I just thought now's the time to try breath work. I tried my first transformational breath work session the following week. And the next day I booked to become a teacher. It was just absolutely mind-blowing, incredible. It's that form of breathwork is an active meditation and it just took me, it took my brain to the side, said, you know, my brain was put to the side. I was free of my judgmental mind. I was put in touch with all these emotions that I had been suppressing without realizing um, I got this incredible feeling of release and lightness. Um, and that was my first experience with breathwork. I have to say, um, a lot of the breathwork that I've learned since and that I teach is is a bit more of a sort of day-to-day practice. Mm. Um, so there's definitely a huge spectrum of breathwork. And that's one of the tricky things about working in breathwork is breathwork can mean so many things. Um, 
So I don't know, I don't know what you find most useful in breath work or what you've been working with, but my clients do benefit from some, some will do all of the breath work that I teach. Some will only do the transformational meditation sessions. Some will only do the sort of daily breath techniques that I teach. Yeah. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. So I like to use practical breath work um, for myself and do some breathing exercises, you know, first thing in the morning. Um, I've practiced Kundalini yoga. So I've sort of used all sorts of interesting, I mean, I was introduced to sort of nose breathing through Kundalini. um, And I'd never I just never knew. I was so ignorant to to how I was meant to breathe. I just kind of thought you just take some deep breaths and, and you'd be fine. Uh, and you kind of get told that, don't you, growing up, just take some deep breaths and calm down. But actually, sometimes they're taking those deep breaths activates the nervous system even more, doesn't it? So I, um, and I've done a couple of your workshops. And I have to say, that was when I really experienced breath work for the first time in a very, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost like a hallucinogenic way of feeling like it's all like this this another layer. And we did the lying on the on the bed, and um, we were breathing in and out through our mouth, and that was very very uncomfortable and not very pleasant at the beginning. I'm not selling you well here, Jess. Am I? <laughs> it's a normal but, response. Yeah. And I I kind of felt very nauseous and all of that. But then once I got past all those uncomfortable feelings, it was like my my brain went somewhere else. And I can really resonate because um, I have got an incredibly busy mind. I was diagnosed with ADHD, you know, six, seven months ago, which has made me find I really struggled with meditation. I really struggled with just being able to sit and just calm the brain. And that was one of the first times I really was able to sort of disengage that very chatty brain of mine. And so I've recognized now how important it is for my well-being practice to engage in daily breath work, but also, um, you know, delve into some of the deeper stuff that I know you do through your workshops. Um, What, I mean, who, who normally comes to you? Like, I'm sure a lot of people come to you with that sort of same cynical mindset that you probably had that you were like, Oh, you know, who I do I need to learn about breathing? Who typically comes to you that, you know, that needs help? Um, I get a lot of women, um, a lot of women who have some, a lot of them do have children, but they're also women who don't have children, but very busy jobs, very busy lives. And primarily same as you and same as me, people who have maybe tried meditation but haven't been able to quiet that mind. Um, And I get get that a lot, just as you said. Um, People who maybe feel more anxious when they try to meditate meditate in the traditional way because because they can't quiet their mind and they sort of feel stuck just with this mind whizzing around. Um, And that's not always a very relaxing experience. So then to be able to come to a session like the transformational breathwork sessions um, and have that very active um, breathwork that puts your mind to the side. It's just, it's almost like a shortcut to getting to a quite an advanced meditative state Mm. that maybe seems very out of reach to someone like you or I who have tried traditional meditation and just found ourselves knocking up against that busy mind. Yeah. Yeah, I can really relate to that. I mean, I was explaining it to a friend and I was like, I've never done sort of like any acid or LSD or anything like that. But it was like, it was a really trippy experience. And I have to say, I loved it. I loved being able to kind of, 
I can't even remember what you know what it felt like but I remember journaling afterwards and there was it it gave me a lot of insights and perspective um and yes it would be lovely to live in that kind of like permanent place you know now you can kind of see where the Beatles were when they were writing things like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and all things like that (laughs) because yeah because they were I think they were doing like a lot of meditation and um breath work and 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 all and that kind of period in their in their careers but you can see how transformational it can be and how you can and, and from what you described when you first had that session and the next day you went and signed up to be a teacher is do you believe that breathwork is potentially an answer to a lot of people's um, mental health or emotional struggles? And why are we not bringing this more into our lives, you know, on a daily basis? Absolutely. Um, I think it's quite important to be aware of breathwork being sold as a cure-all for everything. So it's not that. And I think that's that's what can sometimes put people off. There are a lot of sort of guru type styled people out there who are selling breathwork as the medicine to replace all medicines. And that sort of hyperbolic marketing spiel, I think it makes people feel it sort of activates that cynical reaction. Oh, you know, this this isn't it's not magic and it's absolutely not magic. But at the same time, if we all learned to breathe in a way that was more effective and efficient, we would be in better health. There's been a lot of scientific research around breathing over the years, but a lot of the studies are very dated now and they haven't been revisited. And I think that is to do with the fact that breathing is just something that everyone does. And there's a book called The Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McEwen, and he talks a lot about how when we first started breathing and the way our bodies were designed, um, you know, we were cave people living in caves. We lived a completely different life. We now, a lot of us sit for eight hours at a desk and our nervous systems aren't designed for that. Our nervous systems are designed to have regular cycles throughout the day and our breathing is linked to that nervous system cycle. Um, So, Yes, if we could all take breathing lessons and just learn about how our nervous systems are linked to our breath, um, I think that we could definitely be healthier, live healthier. Um, One of the things that Patrick McEwen also talks about is over-breathing, which a lot of people do. And you touched on earlier with that idea of taking deep breaths. What people actually do is they don't take deep breaths. When you say take a deep breath to someone, they tend to take a big breath that's quite shallow and they're like, inhale into the top of their chest but actually what you want to do is take a slow deep breath into the base of your lungs but not a massive breath because those big breaths do activate your sympathetic nervous system your fight or flight response which is fine some breath works do that but you don't want to work walk around all day breathing like that and worst of all some people do it at night mouth breathing at night um that's I mean, my husband is a mouth breather at night and we're working on that um, slowly but surely trying to find solutions for him. You're basically sleeping, but with your nervous system yeah. activated. That's what my husband does, actually. 100% that you say that. And I, I do say that. And he wakes up very early in the morning, almost like in a fight or flight mode. And I've touched on that, actually, the same. I said it's because you're constantly breathing through your mouth that you are sort of like on hyper vigilant mode. I really liked what you said during your workshop the other day. You said um, it was a really simple explanation and actually passed it on to a client. And it was how you described if we take a short intake when we get a shock, 
and that activates our parasympathetic nervous system. No, sorry, our nervous system. And then if we take a, a sort of we exhale out it's like a calming effect it's like when we see a baby or we we have nice news and I just thought is that something that you could just explain a little more about because I think there's so many different ways to breathe that it almost gets a little bit overwhelming and to simplify it to someone that's listening today that can just understand what that sharp intake can do to our body and that kind of gentle release can also do mm-hmm. and then they can bring it in maybe in their own way just to start with Mm-hmm. Well, so that that piece is really around awareness and awareness again of the nervous system and the breathing. So, if you think about over breathing, you'll be breathing in a lot, and a lot of people don't exhale fully at the same time because they're breathing a lot and very shallowly in their chest. So it's like you take a big inhale and then only exhale a little bit, and then you spend the day breathing quite shallowly in your. In, your, in the top of your lungs. So you're spending a lot of your day in an inhale. And as you said just now, um, the sympathetic nervous system is related to the inhale. And um, you mentioned, yeah, when you get a fright, there's a, <gasps> and your body tenses up and it's sort of fight or flight. And then your exhale is linked to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest. So what, what a lot of people really need to do is just be aware of that inhale, exhale balance in their day. Are you actually exhaling fully with each breath? I would be, I mean, a lot of people don't. I'd be very interested to know the percentages. But I I know when I started doing this, I was very much taking sort of too much air in, too high in the lungs and never actually fully exhaling. So, and I mean, that's, I say it's easy. It's it's a challenge, obviously, to be aware of anything throughout the day. But you can sort of set a reminder on your phone and just, just to check in on your breathing once every hour, once every two hours, um, you can make a habit of doing it every time you go for a walk or every time you go make a cup of tea, you know, and just really focusing on your diaphragm, um, which your diaphragm is a muscle, so you can strengthen it. And just feeling that diaphragm, um, pushing out all of that air, re- relaxing to release all of that air that is in your lungs. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's very much like practice, isn't it? Because the way you breathe, you're meant to breathe, is almost goes against intuitively what you what we normally do isn't it so you're sort of like blowing out the diet you know pushing out to breathe in I remember when I first started it was really I had to kind of use my brain a little bit to make to change the way I breathe what kind of symptoms would you say that people who are very sort of shallow chest breathers like what do they do they feel like fatigued um you know are they sort of on edge like what would you say are the classic symptoms if you are not breathing properly I know that I definitely still do it now but if I'm on my phone and I'm writing something on my phone and I'm really concentrating and I kind of again it's like I think it's a bit of an ADHD thing that I like hyper focus and when I'm hyper focusing I, I actually feel like I'm just holding my breath and I'm like, duh, 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 write out what I need to write. And then about three minutes later, I'm like, oh, and I can feel like my heart palpitating. <laughs> so I've, I've kind of created like an anxious state just purely because I've not been breathing properly. Yeah. And I think what you described there is very common. And the result of that, so you, you're putting your body into fight or flight mode mm. but through your through your breathing, through your sort of unconscious breathing. Um, and a lot of people will spend most of their day in that mode with their nervous system stimulated in fight or flight and when we're in that state our brain is sending blood to our big muscles 
So you might have struggle. You might have trouble with um, things like digestion. You won't. You won't be resting, digesting. Um, also, things like reproduction. Um, you know, having babies that needs that needs to be you, your body needs to be in a relaxed state to um, be able to do those sort of things effectively. Um, and fatigue is a big thing. If your body is spending a lot of its day in fight or flight, you know, with the sympathetic nervous system engaged, you will feel unusual fatigue. Also, your blood pressure will be raised. So it's, I mean, you do need to be, it's not like, it's not, I think that the sympathetic nervous system has got a bit of a bad rap recently, and it's not about good or bad. You need to have a balanced nervous system. Um, and as I said earlier, our lifestyles have adjusted to the point where we we aren't sort of going to hunt when we feel hungry um, and then mm. sitting down to rest and eat. We're sitting at our desks for eight hours at a time, maybe, maybe that's a bit extreme, but I know a lot of people who do silly hours and you sort of hunched up and you are sometimes holding your breath. Um, I talk about email apnea a lot, um, mm. which is when you get into a state of high distractibility, you're trying to do a lot of things at the same time. Yeah. And it's very common then to have that shallow mouth breathing. Yeah. Multitasking for sure. I actually feel like a bit anxious the way you're describing all of that, because I resonate, even though I, I do well-being coaching and I'm my, my passion and my job is helping sort of like reduce overwhelm is is that it is so prevalent isn't it in, in all of us no matter how aware we are we are still leading incredibly busy lives we are juggling we've got kids we careers you know even the practice of self-care can sometimes be like you know a bit of a, a side job where we, we have to squeeze it all in and just knowing that we've got this within us you know we we literally can just take ourselves away for five minutes and just practice some sort of gentle breathwork techniques is actually really empowering and I like the idea of what you said about putting a reminder on your phone I don't do that but what I do is I try and make five or ten minutes to do some breathing in the morning if I've got a bit of time in the afternoon if I go upstairs and I just do some stretching my back's not great at the moment so I'll try and do some stretching with some breathing then it's just finding those little nuggets isn't it that that time even if you just sat at your desk and you are you know got emails and you're between phone calls is would you say sort of 90 seconds every few hours is beneficial absolutely you'd expect your nervous system to switch from one to the other probably about every one and a half to two hours it's a bit tricky so ideally you'd want to work for an hour and a half and then do something active for an hour and a half so active, relax, active, relax. Obviously, we don't all have lifestyles like that. But absolutely, if you took a few, if you took a minute out every sort of hour and a half and did some breathing, or if you did five minutes in the morning, five minutes at midday, five minutes in the evening, that, that would be enough to really feel a difference. Um, also, just on the note of self-care, and I found myself doing this when I first started working with my coach and thinking about self-care, I was actually trying to relax when my nervous system was activated in the sympathetic state. So there was, I just couldn't relax. So I would, I would do something relaxing in theory, but I would actually be quite tense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I felt like I couldn't relax. I would, I, my mind would be racing. Um, and I just didn't feel like I was feeling relaxed after doing my relaxing. And now I know that if I had done some breathing to bring down my nervous system mm. and to activate my parasympathetic nervous system, I would probably have got more out of that, um, that relaxation session. Yeah. And so so it's, it's very empowering to have that very easy 
quick tool. And absolutely, you don't have to do a half an hour breathing session every day. You can yeah. do five minutes here and there. It is very, very effective. Um, and then obviously working on that awareness throughout the day is helpful as well. But it's it's not it's not like an hour a day or you don't have to do huge chunks of time. Yeah. And I think that's what is is so it's so good to know that because you know, you kind of think, well, if I can't do an hour and a half half of breath work, you know, every every day, then what's the point? That these little incremental moments. And I say this a lot to my different guests, and everyone brings like these amazing insights. I learned so much. And I just as a mum and you've got four kids all at school and I just think why can't they be taught this from you know the minute they start school reception of every single day let's just practice five minutes of breath work and um, so they can just it's just part and parcel of their day they just understand they, they they know the words they know the things like nervous system they understand about emotions and regulation and then they have these little tools where I'm now trying to teach my kids and who wants to learn from their mum no one really <laughs> And it's kind of annoying. And I'm like, oh, listen, let me teach you this breathwork technique. And they don't want to know. But if it's just part and parcel of the curriculum, you know, this school assembly, and I know that some schools are adopting this. I know that there's, you know, some very sort of forward thinking um, head teachers who are bringing this in. But, you know, my dream would be to see that this is just, you know, the same way they do other things, you know, talk about art and creativity and maths and history it's just, you know, breath work and, um, you know, just taking, you know, closing their eyes and, and stuff. I do think, when, just going back to what you said then about making yourself want to relax when you can't relax. And that's very frustrating because I once listened to a podcast a few years ago and the person on the podcast said something like, at three o'clock before school pickup, I always take 10 or 15 minutes to, to meditate before the kids come home. And I was like, oh, that's a great tip. Why don't I try that? And I realized that I was trying to do it at three o'clock. And actually, my brain was, what's for dinner? Have I tidied the kitchen? Have I finished all my emails? Da, 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 da. So I'd sit there and I was like in resistance. And I was getting so frustrated with myself that I was like, it was it was like something that was wrong with me. But now I realize actually that was the wrong time. Three o'clock before school pickup is when my, you know, I am like, oh, I need to nip to the shops. I need to do X, Y, and Z. So it is picking and choosing isn't it of knowing you know if 11 o'clock is going to be like a bit of a calm time in your day just you know slot that in your diary not don't do it straight after lunch when you know you've got back-to-back meetings coming up is that something that you help your clients with as well yes although I have to say with the breath work you can do it during your meetings after lunch it's not something that you necessarily have to take like a meditation you wouldn't have to take 15 minutes out so you could try and do five minutes of, of breath work and or you could do your all the stuff you need to do, like the, the, the list, what's for dinner for 10 minutes, and then you can have five minutes of breath work. Or when you've practiced a bit, you can actually do the breathing while you're doing stuff, which just makes it so helpful. I mean, obviously doing it in a, in a sort of quiet room with your eyes closed and um, in a very mindful way. That's maybe the gold standard if you want to say, you know, that you might do that on the weekends or the evenings or the mornings. But if you are rushing from your lunch to a meeting, it's a very, very good or easy thing to do while someone else is talking. You can just do a few slow breaths with using the technique that you choose um, without being noticed. So it it is something that you can sort of integrate more practically into your life as you get more practiced at it. 
Um, and that's something that I actually used to do when I was still working because I struggled with with indigestion only at lunchtime. And I realized it was because I was eating my lunch and then going to stressful meetings and just doing some simple breathing techniques. And I mean, it's easy on Zoom. You just mute your microphone. I find that people find these techniques quite easy to use in their day to day yeah. If we just kind of go a bit more practical, I use quite a few different breath work techniques. I use the box breathing because I just find that's really easy to remember. Um, and it's really settling really, you know, quite quickly, which is just like you're doing the breathing, you're holding your breath and you're breathing out, holding your breath. So if anybody's interested, just have a look at box breathing. I recently learned a nice little technique, which was just is two sniffs. So and then and I find that really calming. Um, I just find that like, I don't know, just the minute you kind of just feel a little bit kind of all over the place, it's just literally two no sniffs and then sort of like a long um, mouth exhale. Can you, I don't know the exact science behind why nose breathing is more calming. What What is the, what's the difference if we want to sort of just do nose breathing or we want to incorporate nose and mouth breathing? Um, so the nose has neuroreceptors inside it that tell the brain that you're safe. So that's the main reason that nose breathing calms you down, takes you from sympathetic fight or flight into parasympathetic rest and digest. That specific breath that you described um, sounds brilliant, but it's also, it's again, it's going back to a short inhale. So you're spending less time on the inhale, which is activating the sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight. And then you're spending more time on the exhale, mm. which is linked to the parasympathetic nervous system and rest and digest. Um, and that lengthening of the exhale also increases CO2 in the body, in the lungs. And CO2 has vasodilating effect. So it allows more oxygen to be absorbed in your body and it's got a calming effect on your body as well. So that's sort of I mean obviously you can get extremely scientific but I don't think that's I don't think it's always very helpful some teachers completely shy away from the science and I think there's there's a bit of fear there maybe especially the teachers of the transformational breath work because you're breathing in through the mouth I think they're worried that people will think oh this is activating my my sympathetic nervous system fight or flight and that's bad as I was saying earlier I think the sympathetic nervous system has got a bad rap but it's just that's not the reality of it is that we can manipulate our breath to achieve whatever we need to achieve. So mm. doing half an hour of breath work with an open mouth isn't going to cause you long-term health issues. But if you are breathing with your open mouth every night and every day, that is going to cause you, potentially cause you health issues. When we did the open mouth breathing, we did that, I think, I don't know, it felt like forever. Maybe it was like 20 minutes, half an hour. Was it that long? I don't know. Maybe it was 10 minutes, but I just remember really struggling with it. What were you trying to activate in us? Because was that more energy? Because I felt very, like all my body was tingling and buzzing. And it was ov obviously the opposite effect of when you, you know, you want to kind of rest and you want to kind of relax your mind. What, what was, what were you trying to achieve with the mouth breathing? Um, so with the, with the mouth breathing, you activate your energy, absolutely. And um, this is the thing. So there's, there's science and then there's the spiritual side. And I will, I will offer all of this to my clients and, and ask them to decide what they want to choose to, to work with or choose to believe is a strong word. I, and I don't think you need to have an understanding of the science to benefit from any breathwork techniques. Yeah, I agree. And 
and you don't need to believe in a spiritual situation necessarily to have a spiritual experience happen to you during the intense breath work. So I am very open about the science um, and the and and I sort of leave the spiritual stuff a little bit open as well. I've been to some sessions with teachers who are very it's all about the spiritual experience, but I think that can be a little bit exclusive. I think some people might be coming in and I a lot of my clients aren't necessarily on the spiritual path. You know, they they don't even necessarily do yoga, which is fine. You don't need to do yoga to do breath work. But I think if you're going to the more spiritual teachers, you can feel maybe a bit intimidated. And then if you don't have this massive spiritual spiritual experience, you might then feel um, like you're not doing it right. And yeah. my message is just that you, you come to the session, and I'm specifically talking about the transformational breathwork sessions, the um, active meditation sessions, and you tend to get what you need from those sessions. Um, and those are very much about you, you breathe for half an hour through your open mouth, you're activating your sympathetic nervous system and that is really the aim of that is to release your brain. Mm-hmm. So you your blood is going to your body, your oxygen is all going to your your big muscles, and that puts your brain aside, allows you to connect more with your body. And and this is when it's difficult because there's no research on how the science and the spiritual experience connect. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know if there is an explanation for that. It, that is definitely the experience that you then have is very much a personal thing. And I, I do have people, um, most people who do that um, session and you've experienced this yourself, have a sense of release, a sense of opening, a sense of disconnecting from their busy mind. So, yeah, I hope that was a helpful explanation. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. And I think what is probably the most important part is having an opportunity to listen to that inner voice that very often our brain just takes over. So when you talk about releasing, um, there was this this feeling of, of releasing. But for me, it was just it was like just having that opportunity for my um, brain to slow down and I could just like kind of hear what has been you know what I've been trying to tell myself for a long time and I think everyone spiritual or not knows what we're talking about when we talk you know that inner wisdom that voice that guts whatever you want to call it of things that we've been repressing and pushing down and maybe just don't want to hear because it's too painful and mm. um, maybe there's healing that needs to be done that we we know but we just don't want to go there so I think the breath work is kind of like um it, it just offers that expansive space to to just see what what's going on test the waters a little bit and then what you did with the your workshop which I really liked is that you you sit and then we we write about you know we journal and we write about what we were thinking and I think you've only got a few minutes of time when you come out of that place where you can still access that wisdom and I've yeah and I I think throughout lots of different you know experiences I've learned things about what I want to do what I want to let go of opportunities that I want to try that perhaps I've been too scared to you know talk about and I think that's what I find so powerful with the breath work yes it's incredibly calming and self-regulating and all these brilliant things in a daily practice but when you are given that time to actually listen within I think you people can come up with like huge epiphanies and life-changing moments of what's working in your life, what isn't, who's working, who isn't. 
and we're too busy to hear it in our in our day, daily life. Do you get people coming out of these sessions and they do have these kind of like moments of realization that things need to change? Yes, that's that's very common. Um, and again, I don't want to put off anyone who hasn't had those experiences because it's not it's not only about having those experiences. Um, but a lot of people, I'd say the majority of people, come out and have had either connected with something that they thought they'd got over and they realised that they haven't healed it, they've just repressed it. Um, I've had people who have um, been through bereavements be able to connect with emotions that they, it's quite tricky sometimes to, and I mean, we're also taught in society, we're not always, as you were just saying, this should be taught in schools, you know, how do you how do you deal with those emotions? And even if you're coping with a a big bereavement in a healthy way that there's an element as an adult of some repression just to survive daily life mm-hmm. um you know it's yeah. not like we can all go and close ourselves in a dark room and weep and wail for, for for a month on end which actually is sometimes what you need to do so it's about finding a way to access what you might have put away in order to carry on with your life support your kids through something or whatever it was that you needed to do um but then go back to it access it um connect with it and then release it if, if you're ready to. And I have had people have big experiences around that. Um, people who've had things repressed from childhood that have come out big and small. It doesn't have to be a huge traumatic event. It can be an old self-belief or realizing that you actually don't feel worthy of something, um, realizing that there's something in your relationship that's been niggling you. But these little things can can make have a huge effect on people's lives, sort of realizing them and and releasing them. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's it's so it's such an incredible thing to do with people. I I, I love giving people the power, and that's essentially what it is. You're teaching people to access these things for themselves with their breath. I really, really, I love doing it. So it's interesting, isn't it, that you come from a corporate background and, and now you're doing um, something like this. Have you been able to blend um, that your that background? Do you, I mean, do you have opportunities where um, companies now are um, being a lot more open to bringing in people like yourself to teach, um, you know, employees that, you know, breathwork is important. And I think it enhances creativity, especially when you're working in, you know, that kind of environment. You know, we both kind of come from PR and marketing that having, we're so busy being like busy and hustling and, oh, we've got to do the next thing and think of another project. And actually, you know, sometimes we need that space to kind of come up with those ideas. Are you noticing more and more that, um, you know, there is this need to to bring in more holistic um, help like yourself into into companies. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm not working with companies yet, but it's definitely something that I plan to do in the future. Um, I've had a few people ask and I've sort of been referred to people's HR departments. So whether I hear from them or not, and that's another thing that's a bit tricky, is if you're being referred to someone who doesn't believe in breath work. Yeah. yeah. So I will, I will probably work on actively accessing um, sort of corporations in the future. But I think you've got to be quite careful with that approach because if you go in with the sort of you need to make it practical. You know, how is this going to help your 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 people be more productive? And touching on creativity, being able to put your mind to the side, take your judgmental mind away for, for a second and access things, access ideas, access inspiration and creativity without your brain saying, oh, that'll never work. Oh, you yeah. can't do that. 
I think that is just so powerful. And I, I, yes. And I know that there are some of my teachers have been working with big companies. Um, one of my teachers does a lot of work with Facebook, for example. So there's definitely, definitely recognition out there that these sort of things are helpful. And I mean, if you can de-stress your workforce, you're only going to benefit. Oh God, absolutely. And like, you know, productivity, creativity, it just makes so much sense. But you're right, it's that gatekeeper, isn't it? And if that gatekeeper is not buying into it um so you know listen if the, there might be people listening to this podcast now that'd be like yes this is this is what we need because i think more and more we've seen it throughout the pandemic we i think for people to not be open-minded now for people to realize that the old way of life isn't working wasn't working and stress and anxiety was just far too prevalent i was i had a meeting today with someone um an amazing woman who works in the law industry and she is now she's a lawyer herself but she is advocating for well-being and mental health within the law industry she's just on like a mission to to kind of reach the you know people who think that 12 hour days are normal for this kind of crazy lifestyle to be sustainable and she's just you know no this is not this is just not the way so maybe I'll I'll connect you together because she's definitely on your wavelength wonderful yeah so tell me how can people work with you how how can they come on your workshops what do you provide have you got programs coming up So at the moment, I'm probably running about two group transformational breathwork sessions a month, usually one in the first two weeks of the month and one in the second two weeks of the month. So just check out my website. I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be published. Is that the right word? (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Okay. Um, So yeah, if you if people just want to check out my website, they can do that. Um, I also do breath coaching. So one to one sessions. And I have a workshop running at the moment which I'm recording, and then I will make that available on my website to buy. So that's a five-session um, daily breath uh, workshop. And that's that's focusing more on the practical breathing that you can do during the day. Um, I also do one-to-ones for the transformational breath work. Um, and then coaching as well. I've got a few free discovery sessions for coaching every month. So again, that could just be found out about on my website. So when you say that you do these workshops, because I've noticed that you do them around the full moon and, and the, is it the new moon? Like how, just, I know we're sort of just wrapping up, but how, what's the connection between bringing in breath work um, around the moon cycles? Because I'm really fascinated now and I really connect to that feeling of like the full moon brewing and all this crazy energy and then the starting afresh kind of with the new moon. How do you bring that into your breath work sessions? Um, so... This is so interesting because the full and the new moon is something, again, that I approached with such huge huge cynicism, thinking, <laughs> oh, oh, dear, you know, oh, the moon. <laughs> They've but, got you. <laughs> but honestly, it it is, it is so, for me, it is so real. And I know a lot of people are finding that it really does have or does seem to have an effect on, on their lives. The full moon is a really good time. So there's a culmination of energy around the full moon um, and that is just a very good time to release things and to forgive, especially. The idea is that you release any negative energy and you forgive yourself and others so that you can then start the new lunar cycle um, after the full moon with a fresh slate, with a sort of clean energy. And um, then 
on the new moon, you have the opportunity to sort of really reconnect with what you want to achieve in the lead up to the full moon. So you you, you sort of start with your, um, they call it new moon wishing or, you, you know, what you want to manifest during the month. And the sessions, obviously, they tend to focus on releasing anything negative. Um, but but in, the, in the, the full moon, we really focus on forgiveness and letting go. And with the new moon sessions, we will op- often try to tap into something like self-love, worth, you know, starting something, planting a seed that you want to grow, a seed of love, a seed of, you know, self-worth or something like that. Yeah, I find um, people do find them very powerful around those times. So, yeah. And I think, you know what, like maybe two years ago, if I'd said to myself that I'd be interested in in moon cycles and working with the moon, I probably would have laughed at myself. But actually, when you feel the power and we're recording this now, it's um I think it's the 11th of May and we've just recently had um have we we've have we just had something we've just had a very powerful um is it a new moon that's just starting today I think yeah but the energy the build-up to it um over the past couple of weeks I feel like even the most kind of unspiritual people have all been talking about this very dense crazy energy that I've experienced all sorts of things I've not experienced before and I know a lot of other people have. Do you know, do you know anything that's been going on around this kind of like energetic time and why this new moon is so? I don't know. It's just it feels like I don't, it can't be a coincidence that so many people have been experiencing this, and there's been lots of talk about um, this powerful moon time. I feel like I probably should get someone on the podcast that is. A- <laughs> Maybe this is an invitation (laughs) for a moon expert. (laughs) I think that's a really good idea. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on. I I have been talking to a friend of mine who is really into this sort of thing. um, And I can't remember exactly what she was saying, but there is a real heaviness that we're working towards um, for the full moon. Um, So unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to tell you more detail. But yes, is all I can say. And yes, I've also noticed that when these sort of things happen, you do, you notice people feeling it. Yeah, you just really do notice people feeling it. Um, also, I find if I have my period or I ovulate on a full moon or a new moon, yeah. that is amplified. Absolutely, it is so intense. That was just something I really noticed, and being aware of that can be very helpful. Because otherwise, you can start, you can think, why am I insane? Like, what's wrong with me? Why, <laughs> why, why don't, why don't, why can't I handle my kids? Why can't I handle my husband? But actually, if you if you're aware, you know, oh, I've got my period on a full moon, things might get a little bit intense. It just sort of help you manage that and feel better about things. Oh my God. Yeah. I literally got my period the day, the night, the full moon came out and I was like, holy shit, this is like, (laughs) this is a reason. I mean, like, this is why I'm, I think that awareness for me has definitely helped, but yes, I I feel that I'm going to go on a little bit of a moon quest from here and and sit and see if we can get someone on the podcast to talk about that. Cause I think it's really interesting. And I think there is a lot more interest growing um, now. So, oh, well, thank you so much, Jess. This has been a great conversation. I know it's going to be really helpful for, for anyone else. I'll make sure all your details are on, on the show notes and people can go on and, and maybe you know have a little chat with you if they feel like they just want to learn a bit more uh, but I'll put it all on the show notes so fantastic thank you so much thanks Jess and I hopefully we'll speak again soon so that's this week's episode done I really hope you've enjoyed it and it's helped you in some small way 
I listen to loads of podcasts and have learned so much along my journey and now know I'm a real auditory learner. And if you're the same and you're often inspired by listening to thought-provoking conversations, please don't underestimate the power in sharing it to ensure other people can also be inspired. Not only does this help your friends, but it also lets the host know how beneficial the episode has been to them. It's such a quick thing to recommend a podcast on your social media, but it means the world to us and helps more like-minded people join in the conversation. So simply screenshot your phone and share the image of this podcast by text or on your social media to someone you think who needs to hear it. And the power of a recommendation really does work and creates a ripple effect for all those involved. Also, I've got a Facebook group called the Ambitious Mums Wellbeing and Lifestyle Chat. And my aim is to create a safe space to discuss any of the topics that have been mentioned in the episodes moving forwards. I'd really love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening and see you back here for the next episode. Mm-hmm.